My wife told me one day, um, she told me that I'm wired for chaos. And I don't know if that's a compliment or, or what she meant by that. But anyway, there was, there was a little bit of chaos in, in, in some of the transitions and some of the things. And I love the fact that you guys just flow with it. You know, this is kind of our first go at it this way. And I love the discussion. I was hearing some fantastic table discussion. And that's what it's all about. See, when you, when you hear the, the struggle that somebody else is going through, and that you're not alone. Hello? You know, one of the things that I heard in each one of the, of the sessions, and I popped into two or three of them briefly, um, was prayer. And, and I think that if, if you look at all three of these sessions, they, they were, I mean, maybe uh, Bobby's, um, was he at? He was over here. But Bobby's session on, on his session on, on intimacy and on diving deeper and worship, uh, that perhaps was, was a good place for prayer. But then I heard uh, Terry and Isaiah in, 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 the, in the kids' auditorium, and they touched on prayer, and then Pastor Jason as well as one of the challenges. And, guys, I'm going to, just because I know we have very different, we got a spectrum of guys here. Some of you really get prayer, understand the power of prayer. Um, and some of you perhaps do not. And it seems like something that is way out there, something that is so difficult to do and that you cannot do it. And you have to sound like, like a pastor or a prayer leader or somebody that, that is not you. So I am going to model what, how I was teaching a, a group of young men when I was a small group leader how to pray, okay? And I'm going to do this very, very simple. I'm going to use these three men right up here, okay? They're all three in different stages, and that's why I picked them. God just put you guys here, right? And this is what how we begin, right? Because think about it. When you first learn how to talk, you are not eloquent. You did not even say things the right way. Oh, he said daddy. No, you did not say daddy. Okay, I argue back and forth with my wife. Yes, he say dad, dad. No, it sounded like he said caca. Anyway, so what I'm going to show you guys is the simplicity of how to begin to talk to your heavenly Father. Okay, so I'm going to begin, and I'm going to ask Louis to follow, and then Terry, and then D, D, but. Why would I want to call you that? Anyway, so D will we'll follow up. Um, <laughs> okay. No. Um, so this is what I'm going to do. The first thing that, that I want to do and how I te uh, teach my kids is, right, we're going to thank God. And, and I, want, I want us to thank God for something that is not a material possession, right? Because my kids automatically, they, my son is like, Thank you for my bed. I love my bed. No, we're not going to do that. You know, thank you for my toys. No, I want you to thank God for something that is not material, right? So I'm going to begin one thing, one thing. That's it. So this is, this is how I'm going to begin up by, by praying this way. God, I thank you for the fabulous weather.
God, I thank you for putting me here. God, I thank you for just your presence being here today. That's probably why you called me that. Uh, no, dear God, I just just thank you for for being here today. So we all use more than one word. That lets me know that we are very churchy. One word. Thank you, God, for peace. Okay, it's that simple. Okay, that simple. I did this exercise with, uh, and we went around, and then we continued to do it. We did it like two or three times, just around the room. God, I thank you for my dog. That's okay. God, I thank you for food. I thank you for joy. I thank you that I'm not alone. I thank you that I have a friend. So it's the same thing. And then we go around and we can ask of God something for somebody else. That's how we do it. It's very, very simple. You don't have to over-spiritualize it. It is simple. Why are we talking about this? Because, see, there is there's something that David did. And um, Bobby said this when in his, in his session down there. He said that um, without intimacy, there's no worship. Without intimacy, there's no worship. What does that even mean? We have some really messed up views of what intimacy is as men. Because I think, uh, Daryl, where you're at, Daryl was being real. And he said, like, well, what, do you, what do you think when you hear the word intimacy? He's like, romance. Sex. That's what guys think about right away when you hear int- intimacy. But it's something that God, God, that God taught me. Earlier in my walk with him, when I gave my life to the Lord and it was this, my wife and I had a relationship before we came to Christ. And then we both me first. And then two days later, later, she gave her life to Jesus. And at that point, then I found out that we cannot have intimacy because we're not married. But that was tough because we had already been together for about 10, 11 months. So now you're telling me not to do something that I was already expecting, something that I have come to enjoy, right? As many of you perhaps had in the past. And we were not married. But intimacy to me was sex. That's all it was. And God challenged me to actually get to know my wife. Then she was my fiance. And he says, I need you to, I want you to do this as a sacrifice unto me. And what happens is that, see, the way that I define intimacy, and I think some of you might have heard this before, is into me, see, right? You see right into me. You see what's going on in here. And with my wife, those months, those 11 months that we were uh, dating, that she was my fiance, I got to know her like I have never known any other woman. Why? Because I took time to listen, because I took time to share feelings with her. And that is so necessary in our relationships with God. So when you feel frustrated, when you feel defeated, when you feel angry, when you feel alone, any of those emotions and feelings, you go right up to him. You say, God. 
this is where I'm at. Father, this is where I'm at. You know, when I gave my life to the Lord, my brother, um, who had been already um, saved, who had been walking with God for some time, uh, he said, talk to Jesus like you would talk to, to your homies. I said, oh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> but he challenged me. He said, oh, I guarantee you there's nothing that's going to come out of your mouth that God has not already heard. So in all my frustration, when I first started praying, most of you will kick me out of the church. I would kick myself out of the church. I used to curse while I was praying. Because that's what my heart was full of. See, because out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. And things have changed. But I just want to encourage you that that should not be a limitation. Am I telling you, encouraging you to actually curse when you're praying? No. But that's where I was at. I had a filthy mouth. And every other word was profanity. And that's where I was at. And I gave my life to Jesus. And then I felt like I couldn't talk to God because I didn't know how to talk, really. Anyway, um, actually, everything that I just said, none of it was on my plans to do today. So I feel like somebody needed to hear that. Now, um, I'm going to do something really quickly because I want us, what we want to do is make sure that the, the breakout sessions that we just had, that we actually do something with them, that we actually move forward and think through these things, that we took some notes. And I don't know you guys have some handouts and things like that. So um, we have a microphone right here. I want to know from, I want one takeaway, perhaps from one of the sessions that you were at. And Pastor Jason has the, the second, I mean, the second microphone here. So what was one takeaway from each breakout session you attended? It doesn't have to be from, from the two that you attended. Just one of them that you say, man, this was a takeaway. This was something that spoke to me. Anybody? Be bold about it. Got a few hands. Intimacy does not have to be emasculating. Mm, that's good. That's good. Reach out. Don't do it, or don't do it alone. Come on. Reach out. Uh, I struggle with get? Uh, feeling good enough and loved by God and chosen. That's good. Uh, as it as it relates to the time that we spend with uh, the Lord, it's okay to to say no to other areas in your life, other distractions that you have. It's just okay to prioritize and just say no. Come on, that's good. Focus on my daily devotion. Mm. Good. I learned we have to master our mind with truth of mm. God's word. Come on, that's good. We have to master our mind with God's truth. Commit to do better with my boys. Mm. Commit to do better with my boys. Learn how to apply your intimacy in your daily life. That's good. In order to change how you think, you must first acknowledge what you're thinking and be honest about it. Mm, that's good. Recognizing the deeper issues that are lying underneath. Uh, that's good. Consistence, persistent, prayer. Mm. Consistent, persistent prayer. It's good. 
Don't look outside of God for your identity. Mm, come on. I speak to somebody. Really examining my heart and weeding out the areas where I'm refusing intimacy with God. Mm, come on. That's a tough process sometimes. Before I before you put your foot on the floor out of the bed each morning, invite God into your life. Mm-hmm. Come on. He's already there. You might as well give him full access. Pr- prayer could be uh, as simple as using one word. Mm-hmm. Come on. It's good. God is jealous for us. So don't look towards any other person for what we need in our lives. Oh, come on. Hey, that's good. If you want to be devoted to something, you have to do it every day. Hmm, that was good. No, I thank you. Don't limit what God can do in your life by your small thinking. Don't limit what God can do in your life by... Small thinking. Small thinking. Whoa. (laughs) Wow. Uh, It may be a convicting question, but uh, am I willing to change uh, into a certain direction where I'm resistant to it? Mm. Do I really want to change in that particular area? Mm. So some two really good questions. Am I willing and do I want to? That's a choice, guys. What we're doing here is a choice. We're here today instead of elsewhere because we made a choice. That's good. Make room for God. Don't put up any walls. Hmm, come on. And he's really, really big. So if you're going to make room, you got to make sure you get some junk out because he's not going to fit. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't do nothing. Come on. Amen and amen to that one. Uh, in Pastor Bobby's session, we were challenged to, as parents, as we would love our kids unconditionally, we should remember that God loves us unconditionally as well. Amen. He loves us unconditionally. You had her hand right here. I learned that you can apply. Do you want to be made well to different situations? Mm-hmm. And if you're struggling with something... It can be made well. Come on. Come on. Well, guys, this is the reason why we're doing this right now. You have to. You have to know specifically what Holy Spirit has highlighted for you today and this weekend. Okay? There are some questions that I have, and they're going to flash just for sake of time. They're going to flash on the screen, and if you guys can take a moment to write them down, okay, or take a picture of some of you are more um, enjoy that a lot better. There you go. So the first one was the takeaway. Some of you already uh, just for the once for the session you attended. Then what did the Holy Spirit challenge you with this weekend? What area of your life did he bring to your attention? See, just like David. He sent the prophet Nathan to actually highlight what had happened in, in, uh, in David's life, his sin. So what is God bringing attention to? Number three, what are you doing? What are you going to do about it every day for the next five to six weeks until we meet again? 
See, it is very important. One of you guys said it. It has to be a daily thing. See, anybody could go to the gym one day or two days. The dudes that look really good, they do it daily, right? And that's what it takes. Number four, what do I need to stop doing and what do I need to start doing? See, there's the stop and the start. And some, some of us, we want to stop doing something, but we don't do anything different. We just stop doing something, right? So for me, to give you a quick example, for me, I needed to stop cursing. That's something that I needed to do when I, when I first came to Christ. And what, I, what was that? No, I just use sanctified words now like crap, you know. You know, you scared to be Jesus out of me. I mean, I, I don't know. Some of the stuff is really, really lame, but um, I, I never mind. I'm not going to go there. It's, it's your fault, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to say that on this mic. Anyway, um, number five, how are you going to practice being a man after God's own heart? See, and that question is a question that you have to figure out for yourself, the answer to that. How are you going to practice it? See, for me, it's different than for you. One of the things that I want us to do, okay, as a, as a brotherhood, is to commit to reading the Psalms, okay? Just read it. You can read a Psalm a day if you want to. The reason for that is that in my life, that's what God I, I started to hear these prayers. I started to hear the, the man after God's own heart crying out to God. Sometimes it was because of turmoil in his life. Sometimes it was because of the enemy. Sometimes it was because of own insecurity. Sometimes it was just magnifying God. Like Bobby said in the session when we were downstairs, he said, to, to glorify God is to just talk about who he is, how great he is. And so you see David doing that in the Psalms. And I think that is something that is going to help us actually become men after God's own heart. Because then what happens is that that gets in you, right? And then that's what your heart is going to be full of. The number six, who are you going to talk to in order to hold you accountable? You know, and I think uh, Isaiah shared in, in uh, Pastor Isaiah in, in, in their breakout session how as, as pastors, we have an accountability sheet. And there's some things that we won't do. There's some things that we will not partake and participate. And there are certain guidelines that we live by as men of God, you know. And so, um, so as, we, as we do those things, we have to be talking to somebody. And in that breakout session, they also, he also talked about um, he has somebody in his life that he's completely open and vulnerable with. And hopefully you could do it with other men here. And that's the goal. The goal is, as I told you guys before, these bracelets, I don't want them to be a fashion statement, right? Because some of you guys don't even know what fashion is. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that is bad. I can be myself with you guys. I love that. Um, but, but I want, if I see some of you in, in, the, in the days and weeks to come wearing this around here, we need to be asking each other, how are you, okay, we talked about this yesterday, how are you guarding your heart, right? You guys remember we talked about that? That is key, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above, above all else because it determines the direction of your life. Guard your heart above all else, right? So I'm going to be asking, hey, Terry. How you guarding your heart, man? Man, you know, I had to delete that one app. 
because that app took me to another app and took me to another website, right? How are you guarding your heart? Man, I'm reading the Psalms, man, every day. How are you guarding your heart? Man, I'm not hanging out with this crew, man, with this group of guys from work. How are you guarding your heart? I'm not participating, participating, participating in office or school gossip when we're talking about other people. I'm not laughing at, at, at uh, jokes that God is not laughing about with laughing. So those are the things that I, I want you to keep in mind as we move forward. Um, there's several scriptures that I have for today. And, and if you would just flash those up there real quick. Um, and these will be more for you could write those down and meditate on them. So Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. That's my prayer for you today. God was saying this to the Israelites because they had, you know, they have gone astray, right? They were worshiping idols and they were doing all these things. And God said, you know what? I'm going to deal with your heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. And I love what it is. He's putting a new spirit, the spirit of God inside of us. He is the one. You know, as the Bible says, deep calls out to deep. That means that the, the deep things of God, the things that he has in his mind, he wants to download into my mind. I love that. He will take out what you have in there, that stony heart, and actually give you a new heart. And a God and a heart that is responsive to him. All right. Now, these scriptures right here that they're going to be flashing, they're very, very important because... It, it teaches us why the heart is so important and what the heart helps us do. So Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. See, with the heart is how we seek God. It is with the heart that we find God, that we seek God. Next, Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is with the heart that we are saved. It's with the heart that we believe. It's with the heart that we know. Yes, we must declare it, but it's right here, man. Next. Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into what? Our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us so many of us have an issue with receiving god's love and you know why it's because of the heart because that is into our hearts that god pours his love unto us by the holy spirit anyway next psalm 9 and 1 i will give you th i will give thanks to you lord with all my heart and i will tell you of all your wonderful deeds man in order for us to develop to develop a lifestyle of thankfulness it has to begin with the heart. We have to have a heart that is transformed. Thankfulness was so difficult for me, man. My wife, after we got married, she's like, why are you so negative, man? I mean, I'm serious. Like everything, I was always a guy with the, the glass half empty. Always. It was difficult for me to be thankful. And now when I wake up, it's like, thank you, Lord, I'm still breathing. You know, as a friend of mine says, thank you, Lord, that I'm upright and able to take nourishment. <laughs> if you have nothing else to thank God, you're breathing. So at least it's an opportunity for you to, to, uh, to get to a different place. Next and final one. 
I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So some of us think, okay, why do I keep on sinning? Right here, the word of God has to be hidden in your heart that when that temptation comes, when you see that one girl, oops, you, you do a bounce back. You don't continue to look. Why? Because I understand that this right here is the lamp of the soul. Yes. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, so Daniel, my brother Daniel Lean over here, he's bringing to some clarity to this verse saying that I have hidden your word. And as we know in the book of John, that this says that the word was with God and the word was God. And we beheld the, the, the glory of the son of God. Right. So the word is Jesus. So I have hidden Jesus in my heart that I may not sin against you. Right. So Jesus is the word of God. And so what are we doing as we move forward? We're going to read the Psalms, right? We're going to let God's word, what he has said in, in the, in what David cried out to God. We need to learn how to do that as men. Um, there's a, there's some things that I want to highlight to you real quick before you walk out of here. We've got a couple minutes. Um, just some, some ideas, some things about David. And the fifth question that I gave you guys, I said, how are you specifically going to practice being a man after God's own heart? Listen to this. David did not rely on his own strength. He relied on God's strength. Okay. How am I going to practice being a man after God's own heart? David, honor authority. Doesn't mean you have to agree. But he had an opportunity to take out Saul twice. But he says, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. You know, sometimes we're very quick. We, we are very quick to actually take matters into our own hands when God wants to be the one who does it. David had a close friend. So for some of us to actually be in a, a man after God's own heart, we got to have a Jonathan. We got to have somebody that's going to love us like a brother that is actually going to be in our corner that no matter what time of the day or night you text or call that they will answer. In order to become, to practice being a man after God's own heart, David had a brotherhood. David had a group of men that he went to battle with, and that's what we want to develop. Also, David was willing to receive correction. You know, when Nathan the prophet came and talked to David, he could have said, eh, no, nah, that's not me, man. Oh, well, this is the reason why I did that, you know. David repented. David prayed and David praised and worshiped God. You guys don't, I don't know if you guys realize this, but when I was up here earlier and, and I had you guys scream Jesus together, dude, it, there's, there's nothing else that compares when a room is full of men and men are calling out to God. Let it not just be about today. When we gather together in any whether it's a Wednesday night, a Sunday morning, whatever it is, let us lead in that way. 
Let our kids see, see us do that. Let our friends see us do that. Let our spouses or our girlfriends see us do that. Because I love what well, my friend, my brother Bobby says all the time. He says, as, as a man goes, so goes his home, so goes his church, so goes his community, so goes his country, and so goes the world. So, guys, I will pray real quick, close us out, and give us some, some final instructions. Can we stand, please? Father, I thank you for these men. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have done in this place, for what you are doing, for what you are starting to do. God, thank you that by your spirit, you are challenging us. You're motivating us. You're encouraging us to draw closer. You calling us to intimacy. You are calling us to be man after your heart. God, I pray that as David, we may cry out, creating me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God, create in every man in this room a new heart, a clean heart. God, may that be the cry of our hearts every morning when we wake up. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, God. I speak that over every man in this place. God, I speak that they will not be timid, that they will not sit back and just let life happen. God, that they may grab life by the horns, that they may be the leaders that you have called them to be that they may be the warriors that you have called them to be. God, that they may be the children that you have called them to be, that they may be able to sit in your presence and hear your whispers, God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare spiritual ears to be open. I speak to the spiritual ears in this room, and I declare you must be open in Jesus' name. Spiritual eyes that we may see what you see, God, that we may not miss it, that we may not miss the moment, God. God, we submit ourselves to you right here and right now. Father, continue to do what you have done, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.